Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. Today, we welcome Katina Perrin, who lives and works in Brooklyn, New York. Katina is an editor, journalism educator, and author of A News Hound's Guide to Student Journalism, a comic book that doubles as a high school textbook to civically engage young people. Katina has been creating byline opportunities for young people for almost 30 years. Katina, we are thrilled to have you with us today. So welcome. Thank you so much. This is great. I join Yodit in thanking you so much for being with us and talking with us today and with our listeners, Katina. And for some of us who may not know the expression bylines, would you explain what you've been doing and how you've been creating bylines for young writers? Sure. So the word byline really means who the story is by. So you have the headline and underneath the headline, it says who wrote it or who produced it. That's called the byline. So my kind of professional mission has been to help young people get published, but in a way that they have ownership over the work, that their names associated with it, that they're really getting um, the credit for doing the work behind the reporting. And most of the work, probably 99% has been, eh, maybe more like 100%, has been very journalistic. So it's about young people as reporters, as journalists, as writers, really reporting on topics that mean something to them and something that affects their community, whether that's their age community, their cultural community, their sexual orientation community, really focusing on something that means something to them. And a lot of that comes from this idea that young people are 25, 26% of the population but they're not 25 or 26% of news stories. So by giving them access to the media, by helping them be part of it, they have access to that power. And that's something I find really important, especially for young women who have been told for so long that they're, you know, to sit in the back, their voices don't matter, that they don't have anything important to say. By giving them these opportunities to get published, it's showing them and showing the world that they do have this value. And a lot of that comes from really just convincing editors that they need to publish young people. And some, it doesn't take as much convincing as others, but it's really helping them see like, this is what this type of content will add to your readers and to your publication. And that's what I mean by creating the opportunities is because often they're not already there or the young people don't know about them. So also becoming this bridge between what's happening in the professional world and what young people are wanting to do and can do from their homes and creating that bridge and being that resource. What in your own life inspired this passion for journalism and specifically for for young voices? When I was a junior in college, 
I had an interview for an internship at a magazine based in Boston called Teen Voices. And it was a teen to teen magazine where young people would write in topics about their lives or things that they cared about. And the adult staff would put that into kind of sections. And it was this great way of young people talking to each other, specifically young girls. And I couldn't find the magazine before the interview. And I was all stressed out because you're supposed to do some research on the publication. But I still remember that feeling of being in the waiting room. It was the basement of the YMCA in Boston. So it was just, I was in a chair in a gymnasium reading the magazine for the first time and feeling like, wait, media can validate the voices of young people and how like important that is and how much that would have meant to me as a young woman, as a teenage girl to feel validated, to get published would have meant the world to me. And I didn't realize till then that media could do that. And that really started from that, you know, folding chair in the YMCA basement of understanding why Teen Voices was doing this type of work and why it mattered. At the time, there weren't that many youth journalism or youth media programs out there. So it was such an innovative thing to do. And that young people got to work alongside professional editors or at least, you know, college age editors to create these. And that type of partnership was so great. It was such a, and also that environment. Teen Voices was started by a woman to have this environment where all the young people, both those we were working with and writing for the magazine, plus all the college interns who worked there, the staff was an older than 25. And it was the first time where I felt important. The environment there really helped me grow as a person. I'm still very close friends with so many of the amazing women I met through that time. You mentioned something that I think we all at one point or another in our lives deal with, you know, not having our voices heard, not feeling seen, not feeling important. How did that impact you as a a woman, how you viewed yourself, how you view the world? I grew up in a family of women. My dad died when I was young. I have three older sisters. Our dog was female. Like I was, I only had female influences in my life, but I also didn't have anyone in my life who was particularly proactive or professional or was driven. And so for me, it was just felt like all the ambition I had was weird, right? Or was wrong. I didn't feel like I fit in with my family and even within the world or the community around me. I felt like no one cared what I had to say mattered. And that just could be my own family dynamics, my community dynamics, I'm not sure. But it wasn't till I got to a place where I understood that I could explore that ambition or that drive or kind of even my own personal values through the media. And that's where I kind of was able to channel it. I mean, I just felt almost stunted when I was young Mm -hmm. because I had all of this stuff I knew was good inside of me, Mm -hmm. but I had nowhere to bring it out. Not even an outlet for, but nobody to even tell me like, this is good stuff there. Like you're going to do good things. And I think I really needed to hear that when I was younger. You talk about not having your family validate some of the talents that you have. And then having this experience in college when you have this amazing job with Teen Voices in Boston, 
a lot of women never get that step that you had in college of having their story valued, their voice valued. How do you bring that knowledge to the way you work with young people? I have a certain level of impact over the the young women or the young people, there's boys too, that I'm working with directly, but then they go and interview people. And to me, a lot of the value in the work that I do also comes from the people that they interview. There's a great Baldwin quote that really talks about like, imagine the power of being asked your story. Like how impactful, right? How impactful (laughs) is it? to have someone ask you and tell you and and want to know what it is you're going through and why it matters. Mm -hmm. And that that to me is the focus of having young journalists talk to other young people. The bigger impact is really the change that journalists can have when they're just asking these questions. When young people are asking questions to people in power, that's also the change that happens there. So I don't know if that answers your question directly, but that's what popped into my mind when we were talking about like how I did, I was very uh, fortunate to have the opportunity to learn and grow at Teen Voices. And a lot of the work I do now is even is for younger kids, but this idea of being able to expand a network, welcome them in, provide resources that, you know, I didn't know things like this existed. I didn't, I didn't do many after school type of programs. I didn't have that ex- those enrichment experiences. And it's not just journalism. I could be teaching people how to fix a bike, right? And all that really matters is I'm telling someone, I think you're good at something. Let me help you get better at it. Come under my wing and let me open a door for you. And you can meet all these amazing people, mm-hmm. right? And that's what we're all kind of doing. I do it through journalism and I have, you know, soapbox about why I do it through journalism, but it could be really anything. But that experience of like, of noticing something in somebody and then helping them foster Mm. it, I think is really important. And then even beyond there, again, back to the theory of change, having them talk, identify something in somebody else, having them understand like what happened to you is important and I want to hear it. Like that's a groundbreaking thing to, Mm. to, for someone to ask you about their story the journalists I work with have been amazing about understanding that they don't just try to grab quotes from people. They're really trying to get their story and they really honor their sources in that way. Cause they know they don't have a story without their sources. Mm-hmm. So being able to kind of foster that development. And I do that a lot under this idea that journalism is a, is a civic endeavor. It is a community service. And so mm-hmm. any programs I run wasn't to, quote unquote, get kids off the street or give them something to do. The idea was they have something in them that can be useful to the rest of the community. And I want them to see that. So by creating a program that develops their skills and also provides something back to the community, that's where it all unfolds in terms of helping young people see their place in the world around them, helping adults understand the value young people have. And creating community that's not kids on one side and teen and adults on the other, which I think is what happens a lot. One thing that we've learned empowering women and girls to tell their stories is oftentimes them not believing they have a story to tell. And so what was your journey like of you just even believing you have a story to tell 
Are you there yet? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if I have a story to tell. I know <laughs> I have um, a purpose and I know I have a mission and I know what I do is important. And so my story is that. My story is this, you know, the list of amazing projects that I got to work on and the thousands of young people I've got to work with. That's part of my story. Mm. You mentioned growing up, you didn't have anyone to validate your voice. How can we all, how can our listeners encourage other women and girls to to confidently use their voice and claim their power? I think a lot of that is focusing on the young people around you that you have direct contact with, right? Making sure that you're listening to the the nieces and the the daughters and the family members you have in your life when they're telling you their experiences, that you're asking questions about their experiences, that you're listening to them and that you're not ever thinking of it as a phase, right? That's kind of the most to me when I was a young person and be like, oh, it's a phase they're going through that was so diminishing. Because even if it is a phase, like we're supposed to go through phases, we need that. And so, you know, really listening to them, really providing resources if they need it, but, and also understanding, you know, and I have family members like this too, young family members, I'm here if you need anything, reach out to me or let me send you this resource that I know you're really interested in X. So let me send you blank. They didn't say thank you. They didn't like follow up on it. And that's fine. I think just the fact that we're paying attention is what matters. And understand as a teen, it can be hard to email, call, text someone they barely know and be like, oh, thank you for that email link or whatever it was. But really understanding that they know you're paying attention and really being there for them and listening. The presence that you have when you're around other young people matters. Mm -hmm. I also think, and we as women, many of us do this, when we're not nice to ourselves in front of other young people, we're not modeling good behavior. When we talk about our weight or how we look or not being good at math or all of those things that we all like do in the throw, we we kind of make these comments. I'm using a giant generalization. I know we don't all do this, but many of us do. We that that's something we have to like learn to check about ourselves. Like what we really need to do is just be the strong women that we are and walk into spaces, understanding that we belong there, where where we're supposed to be and who we're supposed to be. And modeling that behavior for young people, I think, is one of the most important things we can do. Thank you, Katia. This has been an incredible time. Thank you for the work that you do, um, because it truly is powerful. And I I love how you said that this is a civic duty. Um, It's not just about let's get the hottest story or, you know, so thank you so much. We're just so grateful for you to take your time to be here with us. And as always, to our listeners, we thank you for taking the time to listen. And we truly hope that it inspires and encourages you. We're so very grateful to you for being here. And I am always grateful, Yodit, for any conversation that I get to have with you with a guest uh, on this podcast. Uh, And we also send big thanks out to Lisa DeJavine, who is the co-producer and editor of the Power of Stories podcast. Katina, I want to stress how grateful I am to you for your candor in sharing what it felt like to not feel like your voice is being heard, because this is the whole reason for stayitforward.org. 
Every voice matters. We are focusing on girls and women and young people's voices matter when they begin to understand that, when we all begin to understand that. We can change this world and make it a more compassionate, more loving, more equitable place. And we have a lot of work to do. (laughs) So thank you so much. Thank you both. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino and Yodit Kifle-Smith signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.